to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from PristineAuction.com Studios, with your hosts, Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Joe Holka. Welcome, Foot Clan. Was that a good enough voice? That, that guy's voice is just so awesome. <laughs> Could you just imagine having that for your life? That was your awesome voice. Everybody you talk to is, I'm just an awesome voice. Make a lot of money just for talking, that's for sure. You don't sound like it at all, by the way. No, I know. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't. I could do Grover, and that's about it. That's the only impression I could do. Jake Seeley, that's this idiot talking. Joe Holka and Chris Meany, we're here. It's the DFS Footballers Podcast for you guys. DFS for the rest of us. As a reminder, if you're not part of the DFS package, you can get 10% off with discount code PODCAST. You can check out Chris Meany's article, my article, tons more to help you get ready for DFS Week 10 I don't even care how good we did, guys, because I spent my weekend in Notre Dame. So obviously that's why I got the hat on. It was amazing. It was wonderful. I know I finished second, though. I do. I do know Chris was in dead last. Yes, and you know the big takeaway from that. I mean, I feel like I had a decent showing, right? I mean, we were all over that that Miami and Jets game, Marvin Jones, Zach Ertz, but I did not play Christian McCaffrey like you guys did, and then you know that's the bottom line. If you fade McCaffrey in cash in a small contest, you do not win, and that's exactly what I wrote in the in the DFS pass this week. Should we just start off the? If I, I can just give all of our listeners permission to play Christian McCaffrey this week, since I feel like some people just like I think they need that extra push for some weird reason. You just going to continue to watch this guy score two touchdowns a week, and I don't know. I, I guess I should, I'm going to give everyone permission before we even talk about his price that it is okay to play this guy. Like you can make it work. <laughs> yes, permission. get him in there. It, the, the, the entire show every single week is all right. Let's talk running backs, Christian McCaffrey. It's <laughs> just, I mean, we could just skip I mean, right past it. We were it. talking about when well, he was like 8K. Yeah. No, well, in all intents and purposes, I mean, well, here's at the, I'll ask you this, Joe, before we get to cash. At what price do you stop? He's now at 10.5 on both sides. We're not talking cash just yet because I want to talk about this just more in game theory. Like at the Russell, the reason I always bring up Russell Westbrook is because Chris knows this. It, it, he got to a point where it, was, it eventually was cost prohibitive. Like you could not make a lineup. It was so bad. Like, what are we waiting for? 12K? So it's it's definitely a slate specific thing, right? I mean, it depends on what right. the pricing is like. I mean, so pricing was so tight on DraftKings in particular last week. Like that's what you have to worry about. It's not even so much how much Christian McCaffrey costs, but let's just say this: like I'm considering even when he was on his buy, like trying to figure out a way to get him in my lineup because because I think you have to have him most weeks uh, if you want to have that that floor ceiling combo that we value so much at the position. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that. Maybe we'll be talking about this in a couple of weeks and he's 12K. But I mean, just because he's 500 more this week on DraftKings, he's expensive everywhere. Like if you make it work, I, I still think that that's the right play overall. Is there a threshold you're thinking in your mind, Chris, where you're going to be like, oh, wow. I mean, maybe like well, 12, five. <laughs> well, I mean, I played him everywhere. I avoided him in your con in, in this little three man contest, you know, cause you both had him in there, but yeah, we've been saying every single week to play this guy. It's absolutely silly. If, if you faded him at all, you, you haven't won because every week he does this, even the games against Tampa Bay, when he wasn't efficient on the ground, he was catching balls through the air and finding the end zone with receiving touchdowns. So it, yeah, it's every single week. And this matchup is awesome. Everybody is absolutely running all over green Bay. Look at last week, the chargers had no success all you're running the football or especially since they had Melvin Gordon and they were able to control the line of scrimmage against Green Bay so I, I don't know 12-5 there was a point a couple of years ago when Bell and DJ were balling out they were both in this range and 
I was still playing them and I was, you know, advising everybody else to still play them and they were returning value at that price. And just look at DraftKings. Aaron Jones is second on the slate with 21 fantasy points per game. CMC has 33. Like it's a huge <laughs> gap. There's nobody else close. There isn't. All right. So let's do it. Let's talk some cash for this week then. Straight cash, homie. So, Joe, are you using Christian McCaffrey this week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give myself permission to play Christian McCaffrey this week. No, I mean, I, th- I think one other thing, too, and, and we don't even really need to talk too much about I mean, he's a great play. There, there's really not a whole lot to say about him. The matchup, yeah, I don't really care about any of that. But um, more often than not, like when we have a week like last week where I think a lot of people just paid for Dalvin Cook for 500 less on DraftKings and then got burned. So all those people, they're all playing Christian McCaffrey this week. So I think that's something to think about from a cash perspective. We have a ton to pay up for at wide receiver if you wanted to go that route as well. But yeah, I mean, anytime you're you're starting with the type of floor that you're going to get with, with CMC, I think it's totally fine in cash games. So um, starting cash games with him, uh, I think that's totally fine, of course. Do you want to guess where he is in projected ownership? I would imagine all the Dalvin Cook ownership went his way. He's got to be number one on the slate, right? Maybe behind someone like Mike Evans. You're incorrect. Oh, well, I'm talking just at running back. He's not even number one at running back. Chris, you want to take a guess? Where he is? Um, yes. Oh, geez. Does the price really bother people? Is he? I mean, just just take a guess. Five. Five. <laughs> you, you are closer than Joe because he's fourth. He's behind David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, and Marlon Mack. Montgomery. <laughs> I do like Montgomery this week, but it's just, it, you know, the first time we're probably going to talk about Montgomery all year and he's chalky, which is kind of annoying, but I get it. Well, so how chalky is he? Because I don't trust him yet. And for that price, I just don't see why you just don't take Singletary. Agreed. I like both of them. I mean, Montgomery and Cash, I won't go there. We can talk about him now if you want, but I think in tournaments, I mean, he's trending up. The matchup is is amazing and he's got 48 touches in his last two games so he's at least getting that and you saw last week against the eagles tough run defense but he was still able to to find the end zone a couple times so he is the goal line back that's one thing that's for sure if chicago could ever get in the red zone so between the two joe would you go montgomery over singletary because of what he just said and the fact that uh, what something that i mentioned to chris on our athletic podcast is i said devin singletary runs the risk of being matt forte from years ago where he just gets vulture even though frank gore went over three getting stuffed at the goal line it still looks like frank gore is the goal line whereas at least david montgomery is the one but on the flip side david montgomery is not so much in the passing game where devin singletary is so uh, uh, do you feel better about one than the other I mean, I don't love either guy, but I understand that the price is going to make it necessary in some builds. Um, I think that I would lean towards Montgomery for the exact reason that you said. Like, there's always going to be that scare that that Gore is going to come in and take your touchdown away. And like, it might look a little bit different in terms of touches over the last couple of weeks in favor of Singletary, but like the snaps are still like in a position where it, it makes me a little bit nervous. And, and like you said, like e- even the touches, like. <laughs> Core is getting three touches at the goal line. Like, how do we just like lock and load that guy from a cash game perspective? Like, I, I actually, I mean, he, most people think that he's a, a pretty talented back, but does that really matter? Like, I just, I, I'm not going to play a guy that I can project for 15 touches. Like, you guys, you guys have been hearing this since week one. <laughs> that is true. Hey, at least he had 20 last week. It's just whether or not the snaps are going to be there and it's going to continue. Yeah. I will say, between the two of them, the surprising thing is I would actually trust single trust. Because it comes down to the coach, the coaches. I just don't trust Dave Montgomery. You're right, Chris, in two weeks in a row. But is it going to be three? I mean, this is a game also where Tariq Cohen, game script wise and matchup wise, actually profiles a little bit better. 
Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. We can't trust Matt Nagy, and that's exactly why Joe's hesitant with both of these backs. And, and you know, it's it's warranted for sure. But, um, you know, 48 receiving yards and three touchdowns in his last two games, nobody's allowed more fantasy points to running backs than the Detroit Lions and, you know, 137 rushing yards allowed per game. It does seem like everything is trending in the right direction for Dave Montgomery. But, yeah, it's, it's the Bears offense. It's Trubisky and it's Matt Nagy. He's frustrated us numerous times um, you know if you're a montgomery owner in season-long leagues you've seen it so duh bears duh yes. bears duh but yeah bears. singletary i mean for the snaps anyways gore the last two weeks 29 percent, 34 percent of the snaps and singletary is is getting well over 60 percent in those last two weeks he basically had 100 yards in the first quarter last week he is he is the guy but there is that threat that for whatever reason they want to put gore in at the goal line to watch him get stuffed numerous times all right, so my running back that we haven't mentioned yet, I can't believe it. You guys want to guess? It's two weeks in a row, and now I have to defend the guy that I trashed for the entire beginning of the season because of Joe's complaint. My touches are always the concern with this guy, and last week I was behind him, and that game went out the window. Nobody expected that game to be what it was. And Have I given you guys enough hints to guess who I'm Aaron talking Jones. about? Yep, Aaron Jones. Like the You just talked about it, Chris, even with the disappointment second most on the slate in fantasy points per game. And you talked about the margin between him and Christian McCaffrey, but I think that's what we're looking at here. And if you're talking about the Carolina Panthers this year, you beat them on the ground. That's how you beat the Carolina. Their, their past defense has been mis- mix and match. It's been like, hey, some weeks it looks really good. Some weeks it's a little bit more successful. It's never been really blown off the doors. But if you're looking at a matchup where they do completely struggle in one area, it is against their, it's kind of similar to the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs defense is starting to get play better against the pass. Like I want running backs against the Panthers and I want Aaron Jones. I can't believe I'm saying that again, two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, recency bias is a thing. He's more of a tournament play for me, but just because of the usage last week. And the one thing that I took away from that game, and I wondered going in because it was five straight games where he had at least, you know, four catches. He had seven targets in, in four of those five games. And then he comes away with one catch on three targets. And it was Jamal Williams catching balls out of the backfield. But with Devontae Adams there, I figured he would, you know, steal a lot of those looks. You know, it's it's a little concerning if you're a DraftKings player. You want those that full point for the catch, but I could see it. I mean, you're right. The matchup is nice. You know, you can go back to him in tournaments, but I am a little hesitant in cash. Yeah, it's a situation where he just feels a little bit too expensive, right? Like, I understand that there's, like, that, that ceiling there, but even just looking at his ownership so far, like, he's kind of, like, right there with a lot of these other guys that I'm sure we're going to talk about, like, like Saquon and like Kamara. And I don't know, at that point, I think I'd rather find the salary for, I mean, a lot safer floor and probably a higher ceiling in my opinion. So he just feels a little bit too expensive and he could just go nuts and bury me. But um, I don't know, man, Uh, the team total is great. So I guess that's a a kind of a point in his favor, home favorite, all that Um, Carolina, the matchup, like you mentioned, I mean, couldn't be too much better. So um, yeah, I mean, I think he's totally fine. I, I just, I think he's a little bit too expensive. I just gonna. I don't know if you heard it, but higher he neared forty and top forty in two games this year. I don't think he get much better ceiling than that. I guess that's true. I guess I like Chris mentioned <laughs> recency bias. I, I I can't get this eight uh, attempt uh, thing out of my brain. I guess when I'm talking that's about that's certainly fair. All right, so let's talk one more recency bias that neither of you guys brought up. Uh, I think the James Conner situation. We know, you know, it's whether or not he practices on Friday, and then obviously Javon Samuels. If he doesn't, just like last week, is just almost a plug and play. Uh, there's a lot of other situations out there. I assume nobody's touching David Johnson and Kenyon Drake against the Buccaneers. Not no. in cash. No. Not in cash, right. So all right, so here's what I want to where I want to go. You talk about recency bias, Joe, is Nick Chubb. 
Nick Chubb, now two weeks. Two weeks ago, his snaps, snap count was down by 60%, slightly over 60%. He did fumble in that game, so you could say, all right, well, that was part of the reason. But then last week, after that, 60% again. And then on a third and one, not in the game. On the fourth and one, not at the get-well goal line. But it wasn't a, even a run on the fourth down, but he wasn't in the game. And now Kareem Hunt is back. It, Nick Chubb was essentially is it still a decent matchup here. Is it recency bias? Is this an opportunity? Is he now a tournament play this week? Are you considering him a cash at all, Joe? Uh, not in cash, but I actually think he's a, a decent tournament play for some of the reasons that you stated. I think people are going to be scared with Kareem Hunt coming back, of course, but don't you guys think that he probably just slots right into that Mostert? I can't say, why can't I say that guy's name? Mostert? Mostert. Mostert. Uh, That's what you're trying to say. He's Mostert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. That that guy's name, for whatever reason, I just can't, I haven't been able to say it for like three years. But anyways, uh, I think that he probably just finds himself in that role, at least in the very beginning, right? So at that point, maybe it takes a little bit away from Chubb ceiling and his pass catching role, like already is kind of fluctuated back and forth, which makes him uh, kind of a scary play overall. I don't know. I, I think he's a fine tournament play because you can still project him for a decent amount of touches and, and a really strong matchup on the ground. And no one wants to play anyone from Cleveland right now. So at, at 7K, I mean, I think he's probably got to be right there with kind of the Aaron Jones conversation, don't you think? Yeah, I think he's an interesting tournament play too. I and mean, you guys are right about the matchup. I mean, Football Outsiders has Buffalo's Russ DVOA ranked at you know 30th. It, it'll be interesting to see what Freddie Kitchens does with these two backs. How, how much are they going to be on the field at the same time? Are they really just going to run the ball 35-plus times? I mean, it's very, very possible because Baker's got more picks and touchdowns. He's yet to throw two touchdowns in one game. And I'd like to know where Kareem Hunt is on you know the projection list, Jake. Because on ownership? Not that I'm interested but he's bare minimum on both sites he's 3k on DraftKings. he's $4,500 on FanDuel. we're obviously not suggesting him as a cash game play it's like one of those contests where you can put in a hundred lineups i mean does he, he touch the ball 10 times this week if he touches two, the ball four, 10 times six, eight, 10 12 14 16 18 23 so he's, he's, he's 23 he's fairly he's, high for a guy we haven't seen all year well, all right. So two spots in front of him was going to be the next name I brought up. So I'll save him for a second. But he's right behind J.D. McKissick, right in front of Trey Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Ty Johnson, LaShawn McCoy. He's in nobody wants him territory. Uh, that's right. really where he is. And Nick Chubb is outside the top 10. And that's part of the reason I brought him up. He is right by Aaron Jones and Jalen Samuels. So yeah, I mean, go. obviously, I'd rather Chubb but it is interesting. Right, but I think that's the lowest ownership we've seen in Chubb in a long time. And that's why it kind of presents the tournament opportunity. All right, so we can save this for tournament if the answer is he's tournament only. So if that is your answer, I guess save the rest of your answer. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I actually, I mean, it, the health is the, the concern, right? If assuming he's healthy, 100%, and, let's assume assuming he 100% he healthy is one of the best plays on the slate. I think, okay. I mean, at that, that 6,900, I, I, 100%. Yeah, I think okay. it's, uh, he's the guy that stood out like right away is the guy that is seeing the usage we want, but he's like very underpriced to me. Um, matchup solid. The Giants are um, at least a uh, bottom third in the league at defending running backs out of the passing game. Um, I mean, if you can project Le'Veon for 25 touches four or so through the air at 6,900, uh, 6,900 on both sites, I think he's uh, one of the best plays on the slate from kind of a touch per dollar perspective. Prefer him to a guy like Marlon Mack. Prefer him to a guy like Derrick Henry. Prefer him to both Chubbs and Aaron uh, Chubb, Chubb and Aaron Jones as well. And kind of a similar salary range. I think he's the best one. I'm a little hesitant 
I, I get all of it. I understand that the matchup, the price it is, it is amazing, but I just, I can't trust him. I can't trust Adam Gase with this offense. I mean, last week was a prime time for him to just to get the ball in the two and run it in. And they decided to run some stupid play where Darnold backpedals a bunch and then just tosses a pick. It just, I, I just can't get there. It, it's this Giants or this Jets offense just, it, it frustrates me. So, I mean, if you're a cash game player, you're putting a couple bucks on the line, sure, go for it. But if you're, if you're putting, you know, not some heavy, heavy money head to head, there's no way I'm doing it. I'm not playing Bell as, as one of my backs. And he does definitely have more upside than a guy like Mac and Derrick Henry. But I, I feel like at this point, those guys are, are going to get the ball a little bit more. And I, I would rather maybe just spend up. 200 more dollars and go with Mark Ingram, for example, against the Bengals team. They've allowed 180 rushing yards per game. It's, it's the most in football and they've allowed 460 yards in four straight games. If they allow 460 this week in five straight, that's never been done in the history of the NFL. And you know, it's happening. I mean, with Lamar Jackson and Ingram and company, it's just happening. So I'd just, I'd rather go that way. I want to trust bell. It's just case. It really is. Well, then I'll be the last one. Joe Ingram interest? Uh, no, I mean you know me. I, I guess we prefer the the passing game on that team for sure. And full fade on Ingram. <laughs> full fade in your face, Chris. I mean full by, by full <laughs> no, fade for good. me, yeah. that just means I'm not playing him on my main team, so it's not that uh, not that aggressive. No, it's certainly all right. So let's talk wide receivers then, uh, Chris. You can go first, even though you just went on, but. You, you know, I, I kind of want to share who gets to go first. No, because I I want you to be able to go and not have Joe take your guys. Who are like the top one or two that you're looking at this week? Oh, but the top, I mean, obviously is Michael Thomas. Um, but if you're looking to spend some money I, or save some money, I think there's a couple guys that are pretty interesting in terms of FanDuel in that 6K range and, you know, decent spots on DraftKings as well as in that same game we were talking about Bell as Jamison Crowder and Golden Tate. I like both of those guys. I mean, for Crowder, he's played five games with Sam Donald. He's averaging seven catches, nine targets, 66 yards. It's not bad over that span. And, you know, about the Giants defense on the other side, no Evan Ingram. So Golden Tate in there as well is he's got 20 catches, 27 targets in his last three games. So those are both guys that I think, you know, you can save a little bit of money. But at the top, I mean, I'm going to try to get away to find a way to get Michael Thomas in a lot of my lineups. Yeah, I'm with him for sure at Michael Thomas. I think you can project him as being uh, far and away the best play on the slate. I think that Mike Evans is going to be heavily owned up there as well. You get a, a decent price discount on Mike Evans on DraftKings in particular. Um, but past that, I think that if you wanted to kind of attack this Arizona and Tampa Bay game, which I expect to be um, an extremely popular route outside of Evans in that game, like Christian Kirk at 5,200, maybe people are going to be scared based on his usage against San Francisco was down quite a bit. Um, but he still feels like a guy that's underpriced at 5,200 uh, along with the Carolina guys. Do you guys have any preference between Christian Kirk versus uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, like kind of in that mid range? Like those are the guys I'm looking at right now. So the Christian Kirk ones, I don't know if you were watching me on the video, I was giving you the heads up for it, but Michael Thomas is number one, Mike Evans is number three, Chris Godwin is number four, and number two is Christian Kirk. Everybody is all over smashing the heck out of this. The interesting pivot would actually be Larry Fitzgerald way down the list, way, way, way down the list by Marquise Brown, Chester Rogers, and Demarius Thomas. Nobody if you want you to answer to go, I know we're not talking tournament right now, but if the if you want the differential piece of this team and piece of this action without being the chalk, Larry Fitzgerald's the play. I know we're kind of skipping ahead there, but that was to answer your question there. The second part of it is I like Christian Kirk a lot. 
I actually think if there's no Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore becomes interesting. While I don't want him to get the defensive attention, the thing is you have Christian Christian McCaffrey, so it's only so much you can give him. And if you're going to talk about that volume going to one wide receiver, I think it's an interesting play. Is DJ? I've been looking at DJ Moore a lot. Here's one I'll ask you this as a follow up. And Chris, I want your opinion. I want you to answer Joe's question. So you get two questions when we come to you. You get Joe's question and my question that I'm about to ask Joe. When you have a lineup and you're putting it together and you get Christian McCaffrey, does that make you shy away from using DJ Moore? Basically, any combination like that of using a running back and wide receiver on a cash game. Uh, no, I don't really care that much, um, especially with Christian McCaffrey on the other side of it. I think it's kind of a case by case thing. Like if you think that the running back definitely kind of uh, takes away as far as like what if a game strip goes completely wrong and you have a certain running back with a certain wide receiver, I, I don't think I would ever do that. But McCaffrey is going to be involved regardless of game script and, and they do have different roles. Right. So I think that it's still totally fine to play DJ Moore and McCaffrey together. Something that's, that's happened a couple of times in roster construction recently to me, um, in particular with Carolina, actually, because I like the Carolina defense in most spots, too, because they pressure so much. So like playing Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers defense, and then trying to figure out if you want to play DJ Moore versus Curtis Samuel. That's a little bit of a correlation issue for me. Uh, so I think that's that's the one I struggle a little bit, bit more uh, with outside of uh, just the McCaffrey and wide receiver things totally fine. Yeah, I tend to stay away from that strategy in cash, but it, I mean, even just looking at DJ Moore over the past couple of weeks with McCaffrey balling out, he's been, he's been fine, right? 10 targets, nine, 10, eight, catching seven, six, five balls, you know, I had a hundred yards last week. So it's, it's obviously very possible that both of these guys can have very good games, but I, I find it kind of, if it's just a big CMC game, it kind of limits your, you know, the ceiling, but Again, both of these guys, especially if there's no Samuel, like you mentioned, Jake, I mean, DJ Moore, I think, is a solid play regardless. You know, look at that price, $5,200. I feel like this could be a sneaky offensive game. So what about the first question of Kirk versus Moore versus who is the third one that you asked, Joe? Curtis Samuel, just the Carolina guys versus Christian Kirk. Yeah, I, I like Kirk there, the high total. I mean, that's 50 points. And you look at both. I mean, everything is jumping at the page. They're both top five in terms of passing yards allowed, fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. You bring up a good point. I think with Larry Fitzgerald, people are completely down on him. He's been very, very bad. He doesn't have the same ceiling as Kirk. I mean, Kirk is obviously that deep threat. You know, at least 11 targets in three of his past or three of the six games he's only played this year. So I, I don't think he, you know, Fitz is getting that same type of usage. The A dot obviously isn't as high. But I, I do like Kirk, and I actually don't care that he's going to be chalky because look at last week with the chalk, right? I mean, Russell right. Russell Wilson and Lockett and DK Metcalf were complete chalk, even at the end of the day with, with Williams and Parker and, and Fitz were chalky, and it, and it all worked out. So at that price, I don't mind. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah, that was, I was going to bring up the Dolphins and the fact that they ended up being pretty chalky by the time we got around to game time. All right, so I love that you brought up Golden Tate. I'm with you on that. I don't understand why people are still so reluctant to buy into Golden Tate since, you know, no Sterling Shepard. You mentioned now no Evan Ingram on top of it. He's just been, been peppered with targets, and yeah. his price is just still disrespectful on top of it. So I'm with you on Golden Tate. Here's the interesting one. You just brought up the Dolphins. Stevante Parker. I mean, Preston Williams goes down. And as Devontae Parker's price still hasn't gone up that much, actually on FanDuel, his price is cheaper than Golden Tate. Are we on Devontae Parker or is this kind of one of those situations, Joe, you know, we've talked about it on this show. I've talked about it on the athletic podcast with Chris. I talked about it for years on end is that some wide receivers, Tyler Boyd this year, perfect example, Randall Cobb a couple of years ago, perfect example. Some wide receivers, when you're given that much defensive attention, can't handle it. They're not going to break through just because there's a limitation. They're like, not all players are Michael Thomas. So, Does the loss of Preston Williams 
pull you off of Devontae Parker or are you on him for the flip side of now there's no Preston Williams he's going to see so much? Or is the interesting play Albert Wilson? Well, when you have Mike Gusecki, the alpha on your team, you basically <laughs> can do whatever you want on the field, right? No one's going to be paying attention to Devontae Parker ever again. I'm, no, I, I mean, I actually do kind of think exactly what you were just saying. There's these, these certain players, like whoever it is, like they really need someone to kind of take some attention away. And it, whether it's their guys that struggle to separate, I, I think that Devontae Parker is still one of those guys that he needs someone on the other side to really take that attention away. So I'm a little bit nervous if Devontae Parker is going to be chalk. And I mean, I do, I was, I joke about Gasecki, but I think he's going to be popular as well. Um, I'll probably end up on the Gasecki side of that just because he's significantly cheaper at at a a position where I do try and pay down quite a bit. So uh, yeah, I think that he's, he's a great play based on price and the target share that in theory just opened up for him. Uh, But I have some worry for sure. Yeah, some worry too. I, I probably will be on the other on the Gaseki side as well. And it, you're right, Joe. I'm sure it will be chalky. Um, but I mean, Parker too. Th- the one thing we like about Fitzpatrick is he's he's not afraid to throw it up. He even if it's double teams, like he just does not care. I mean, this guy has thrown enough picks in his life to, to to kind of put that out the window. But there's been some consistency from Parker. It's taken a long time, Jake. Would you say like a hundred years? <laughs> it feels like we've been waiting for Parker to show up. I think up. I said seven thousand. Yeah, there you go. Fifty-five <laughs> yards in six of his eight games this year. He's you know he's he's fine in the end zone. He's scoring touchdowns. So you know if you're going to play CMC and you're going to spend up for Barkley, if you're just going to go all the way up at the top of those two backs, you're going to have to find somebody under 5k at least to plug in there. And you know, you're better off taking a shot with these wide outs than, than backs. Yeah. So I will have a couple shares. I mean, on, on DK, he's $4,800. It's pretty solid. So here's the other wide receiver that ties into that. So for everybody that knows projecting ownership right now, Parker's actually sandwiched between the jets, between Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson on either side of them. The one I find interesting is Jarvis Landry is number ten, and so that, that that's wow. strange to me against the Bills. And yeah, I don't I don't understand that one. But that DJ, the Panthers are right in front of him. Ty- Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. I'm saving the name. Cooper Cup, Godwin, Evans, Kirk Thomas. So you guys get the the idea is a lot of people are on the same page. The name I skipped. Do you guys want to take a shot at it? Come on, this should be like Galladay? they lost a what? Nope, they lost a wide receiver. He's been doing pretty good for a couple weeks, even with the wide receiver playing. It's in the same game as Devontae Parker. Come oh, on. Pascal. Yep. Zach Pascal. Is this a, so this, and he ties right into Parker. Is this another one where uh, we have the evidence from last week that he did fine with no T.Y. Hilton, but now it's the Dolphins who the Dolphins for some reason were able to, I, I was going to say stop Robbie Anderson. I don't think they stopped Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Sam Darnold stopped Robbie <laughs> yeah, Anderson. Because let's be honest about him. And I know this is going ahead, but again, I like Robbie Anderson for tournament this week because if he makes that catch at the end of the game, it probably turns into a touchdown. Sam Darnold was the problem in that throw. And if he does get that touchdown and that big play, everybody's all over Robbie Anderson and nobody's complaining about him at all. But that's not who we're talking about right now. Zach Pascal in that same conversation of Parker for you, Joe. Uh, not on FanDuel. FanDuel, he's way too expensive at 6400 for me on DraftKings. I, th- I think you can make a, a better argument for him. But I mean, personally, I just would rather go to my boy Hollywood Brown for 200 cheaper. Um, but yeah, I mean, Indy, I think that, I mean, against Miami, like you're going to have to, you're going to have to get this game right, I think, this week, because there's going to be some ownership after. Um, I don't think there was as much ownership as there should have been last week based on the Miami and uh, kind of just the Jets and debacle in general. Uh, I think that there's going to be people that are on this Indy side of the ball for sure. And, and that's probably going to why his ownership so high. But 5,300 for, for Zach Pascal, just uh, with Hollywood right there, it, it, I don't know, it bothers me a little bit. 
No, I'm going to come back to Hollywood Brown real quick after Chris gives his answer. Yeah, Joe's right. I mean, he's an absolute fade on FanDuel. I mean, 70 yards in, in three of his past five games, three touchdowns is okay. But I just feel like this is going to be a, a Marlon Mack game. And Brian Hoyer, they're just going to hand it off. I mean, Mack had one game where he had 32 carries, I believe it was against KC. They slowed the pace down. I mean, he's second in, in the entire league in, in carries per game. So I, I just feel like it's going to be a slow-paced game. Marlon Mack, I don't even see a lot of points, really, um, on the Colts side of things. So I'm He's a fade for me, but he's okay on DK. But I agree in that price range. I'd rather just spend down on Kirk, Crowder, Parker, or up on Tate. Like I'm not going there. All right. So here's the follow up to the Marquise Brown thing, Joe. Uh, you talk, and I'm not trying to like catch you or anything, but I, I want your honest opinion here. You always talk with running backs, especially the snaps and opportunities and everything like that. Is the 57% snap? For Marquise Brown last week, are you just attributing that to the, not just being 100% healthy, or is that coming back to your mind as just a little bit of a concern because he was behind Willie Sneed and who led the team in snap percentage? Nick freaking Boyle at 84. Mark Andrews, because we're about to go to tight end anyway, so bring this in as well. Mark Andrews was down at 34% even behind Hayden Hurst last week. Yeah, it worries me a lot more for for Mark Andrews, I think, than for Hollywood. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, snaps are really important, but at the same time, like, a uh, position like wide receiver where you're going to be getting far fewer opportunities anyway. I, th- I think that you want those opportunities to be um, like strong opportunities. And I think that he's going to be the guy that, I mean, they didn't have him last time they played against Cincinnati. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong um, on that, but I think that, I mean, this could be a spot where he just completely explodes. Like I, this is the one I don't want to miss out on this week. I feel like. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. He just hasn't played a lot of snaps all year. I, well, yeah. even in week one, uh, I don't know the number offhand, but I feel like it was close to 15, right? He just didn't play a lot of snaps. He's dealing with the foot injury, was away from the team in camp. But yeah, he's, we're talking tournaments, right? I mean, I don't think we're, we're playing Brown in cash, but the opportunity is definitely there. Just mention no, the Bengals and, and all the, the yardage they've given up. Where, no, I know we're saying? on cash, but I'm not, I'm, I'm saying. No, I'm, no, but I, th- I think Joe was saying he would pay down for him in cash because he was just $200 from Pascal. Okay. No one's listening to me for cash takes because I don't play a ton of cash. <laughs> anymore. So, if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to get your wide receiver picks in cash games for me, like you're, you're probably in the wrong uh, wrong area. <laughs> All right. I mean, so, I know who the plays are, but am I going to pull the trigger on them? Probably not. I'd rather just take the upside with someone like Hollywood is what I mean by that. <laughs> okay. So let's get to tight end. And to answer your guys' questions from before, Mike Isicki. And it's not even close. Is the number yeah. one projected tight end? Wow. I mean, it's, wow. Oh, we made it, guys. Yes. Week 10. Yeah, we made it already. Right. 15% right now. Next closest is 11% Travis Kelsey, 10% Austin Hooper. He's got a 4% gap on freaking Travis Kelsey right now. So are we plugging and playing? Is that is it that simple, Joe? I mean, I, I guess that's the end of the question. Price is fantastic. Still, thirty one hundred for him. I mean, there's going to be the upside just because he's a he's a strong athlete. Like maybe he's finally like putting it together. And I think the the point that makes the most sense, I think, with this Gasecki play uh, is is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like you said, he's not scared to just like try and fit it into windows to this guy. So if he's going to be getting more opportunities. I mean, I think thirty one hundred for a guy that's still top five in routes run over the last four games, and that's something that we we care about a lot at the position. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike Gusecki saw like seven eight targets in this spot. Would you guys? No, I, no, I would, I would there, expect that. There is one I like more than him because he's cheaper on Fanduel. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, uh, interested to see who who that is, but yeah, on Fanduel, I think he's 
$5,300, it's almost like, oh man, I'll just, I'll just spend up right. for Kelsey at 67. But yeah, if you're a DraftKings, if you're a DraftKings player, there's such a huge gap in terms of pricing. It does make a lot of sense. I mean, we, we mentioned him, I think just kind of tongue in cheek last week of somebody who's trending up and then he has that monster game, the, the 95 yard game. It's a career, obviously is a career game for him for sure, but at least 41 yards in three of his last four, we mentioned Williams already out of the lineup. If Parker can't handle that, that top coverage, then I mean, why not? Kaseki? I, I don't mind him either, but I, I definitely like Kelsey with what looks like Patrick Mahomes coming back. If I'm going to get Mahomes or Kelsey with a lower ownership than Kaseki, I mean, sign me up. Yeah, sign me up too. Shout out who your guy is. Yeah, I'm going to tell I'm you the guys. I, I'm with you on DraftKings 100%. I, I don't know how you get away from $3,100 on DraftKings. Problem is $100 cheaper. Is Jack, Jack Doyle. Doyle. Jack Doyle, Dra- yeah. You talk about running all the routes and you talk about all the snap count. He's near the top of the team in snap counts. He's been running more routes and more snaps and involved more than Eric Ebron has the past couple of weeks on top of it. And now you have what is another voided week by T.Y. Hilton. I, I love Gasecki, but if you're going to give me Jack Doyle $100 cheaper, like that's just, I'm going to go team by team here, even if it's Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Brian Hoyer, similar Probably to Patrick. Better. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian Hoyer, if you go back and look two years ago when he was with the 49ers, he had two 300-yard games because he's very much like in Fitzpatrick where he – this is something D'Angelo Williams said, and I don't, I'm trying to pimp that podcast that I do with him, but he talks about this all the time. He said that his problem with what Gardner Minshew is doing, although uh, I joked with Chris, I, I guess I should raise, raise this jersey into the rafters, Joe, until next season with the Beowulf, but he was saying with Gardner Minshew at any backup quarterback, Fitzpatrick now, Brian Hoyer, if he plays, is they're playing with house money. They can come in and do whatever the hell they want because who cares? Like, they don't care. They, what are they going to do? Lose their job back to the starter in the first place? They're going to come in and play with house money. Brian Hoyer is going to throw it. So I actually like Jack, Jack Doyle a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think that the, like even past all that, the matchup's really solid. Like yes. the price on both sites is still very obtainable. Like I think that's the spot where I would prefer to go in, in comparison to a guy like Pascal. And um, I think if Pascal's gonna be a lot heavier owned than Jack Doyle, that's still the route I would like to go. But I mean, I mean, just getting back to like super basic stuff at tight end, high team totals. They are at home. Like target share should be there. Like he's underpriced for sure. I think a lot of really sharp people were on Doyle last week, and I, I'd be shocked if. Uh, um, a lot of those people, or at least all of those people, just go straight to, to Mike Kosecki. So I like both those guys down there. Same yeah. for you, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Doyle's definitely in play, for sure, on both sites. Doyle rules. Plus you Doyle rules. Do yeah, let's yeah. get it. <laughs> anyway, are we really looking anywhere else at tight end, unless you're paying up? I mean, is this what we're doing? Yeah, it's... I'm cash. Kelsey, yeah. I actually don't mind Hooper. Again, Hooper's just, he's been so consistent. looks like Matt Ryan's going to come back. And even without Matt Ryan there, he, you know, he had 65 yards and a touchdown. He's got a touchdown in three straight games, five of six. So I, I don't mind him. I, I don't, don't feel love like Hooper this week. The Saints no? have just the been, Saints? Yeah. yeah, they've just been shutting everything down it's this true. year. Yeah, I, I, won't go, I won't go there in cash, but I actually don't mind it in, in tournaments just being a little off the board. But I, I would play. The, the other three that we've talked about in terms of Kelsey and Gusecki and Doyle over him. Okay. Well then last one before we get to quarterbacks, what about Gerald Everett? Seemed he was a hot yeah. name two weeks ago and everybody's pulling back. 
his routes are down a little bit. I think the reason, I, at least that I personally liked him, is he was kind of still hovering around like that top top five or, or so like routes run over the last four, and now he's all the way down to ninety five routes over the last four games. Like I think that the matchup against Pittsburgh is really tough, uh, third and DVOA against tight ends, and he's just way more expensive than some of these other guys we've been talking about. So he's fifty seven hundred on Fanduel, he's forty five hundred on DraftKings. I think he's a little bit priced out for me, but yeah, if you want to kind of get to that that range, like you'll get way lower ownership on Gerald Everett than some of these other guys we mentioned. Jake, what about Rhett Ellison? $2,500. <laughs> Stop. Someone mentioned that on, on YouTube earlier today. And I, I literally like looked at it and I was like, Oh God, I, if that's the chocolate, it's terrifying. Where is he on that list? I mean, five that's what I was about to see. I was, about, I was about to look where he is. Uh, Evan Ingram still inside uh, the top 15. So he well, has he's already ruled has out. Yeah, I know. I was going to say there's not been enough movement yet. He's still down by Delaney Walker and Charles Clay and stuff like that. But That's how I started my morning. I, I looked at my phone and saw I had a, a comment on the, on the YouTube video, and it was like, Rhett Ellison, chalk week, question mark. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> yikes. You know, I'm going to go back to sleep. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's why you again, just Again, you may have to, if you're going CMC and Barkley again, just plug them in on DK. You got 4K left to spend on the rest of your roster. Actually, in all seriousness, I know Simonson is, I think he's on IR and not eligible to return, especially because they already used that elsewhere. But I think they picked up Caden Smith from the 49ers. So <laughs> just knowing the Giants, it's always going to be the tight end you don't want. <laughs> so like with Red Ellison two weeks ago scoring instead of Evan Ingram against the freaking Cardinals. But quarterbacks, uh, any interest, if you can find the money to getting up to what is probably one of the cheaper prices you've ever seen on Patrick Mahomes, Joe? Yeah, I love it, especially if everyone's just going to pay all the way up for Lamar Jackson. I mean, who I think is definitely the the best raw points play. But I think you always like get a decent discount in price and on ownership on these guys coming back from injury. And there's a lot of value in like being early on this again. Like I don't think like you saw Mahomes jumping around after they won the game last week. Like he seems like he I mean, if he was forced to probably could have played last week as well. I think they were just being cautious with him. So I'm not worried about him coming back and not being at full strength like pretty decent total there like still like if we're just looking again like let's keep it really simple like yards per attempt like this is a guy that like he's still Patrick Mahomes he's 7k like maybe we get in on him a week a week early and like you said get a little bit of a discount yeah he's 84 just $100 behind Lamar Jackson on FanDuel so they're they're doing their diligence on that one but I did for before I get to you Chris I did I have him actually in a DraftKings lineup where I'm playing him naked because I'm, I'm not trying to predict if it's Kelsey or it's Hill or it's Watkins or now that this week it's going to be Demarcus Robinson. I'm just playing naked Mahomes. Or Damien. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> or Damien. It's, I mean, hey, it's possible at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I don't Darryl? mind. I mean, it's going to be somebody. Yeah, <laughs> Daryl. It could be. And, and who cares if you just play Mahomes? Who cares who, who it is? He's got all his weapons there. He's coming back. And I wonder what his ownership will be because, because of the injury and the fact that, you know, before he got hurt, he wasn't phenomenal. It was one or zero touchdowns in three or four games. It wasn't the, the Mahomes at the start of the season. There were some struggles. Of course, the offensive line was brutal. It's, they seem to be getting some guys back, to, which will help him out. But I, I also have guess no problem with, with Mahomes. Fifth, close, Joe. Uh, he's got to still be kind of close to the top, right? Fourth, third. Nope. Keep going. Seventh. Seventh. Interesting. Yeah, Kyle Murray's number one. Number two, which I think is what would have been my assumption for the chalkiest play this week. Although Kyle Murray makes a lot of sense at the other side of the ball. I think it's Jameis Winston, and yeah. I have no problem with even in cash tournaments, whatever, because. I look at the fact that if you can turn the ball over five times and still score double digit points, I'm not that scared of you. 
Right. And and Winston's thrown the ball 141 times in his last three games. Over 1,000 yards and five TDs over that span. That's an average of 47 throws per game. The run game is still non-existent. We're talking about Ronald Jones. We're getting excited about him having 20 touches. I mean, he really still didn't do a whole lot. And people are in the fantasy community. They're they're getting a little fired up about Ronald Jones. But yeah, I mean, he's got two top five wide receivers and a beautiful matchup. So I love Jameis as well. And if Kyler is is the chalk, I'm I'm going the other way with, with Jameis. Yeah, Joe's. Not I think James is fine. I prefer Kyler on that side. Like you guys don't need to to hear me say uh, how much I love just the rushing upside from Kyler. But I guess the the biggest I guess discrepancy between these two plays is Kyler doesn't throw deep, and Winston is just going to chuck it. Uh, there's a lot of value in that. He's at home, massive total. It is against Arizona, so like if there was a spot to, I mean, I guess pay a premium for Jameis Winston. Like this is it, sixty eight hundred. Um, with Lamar only 500 away seems bad, but I mean, I think it, I mean you could get there with that pretty easily just with the amount of attempts they're going to be in this game. Well, and I love his price on rushing Fandle. upside too, Jake. You know, with Winston, for, 53 rushing yards two weeks ago. I know he doesn't. Yeah, he, it's it's not the same it's as Kyler, consistent. but yeah, it's not consistent, but it's still there. If you had a choice between Evans and Godwin, I feel like last week we were talking about sometimes it's hard for both of them. I feel like with Patrick Peterson, with, with, will Godwin be? I mean, you just gave up the numbers. They're both in the top five, but I almost feel like this could be a Godwin week. It, well, it could be, but we've also started to see that we, I think, I don't know if it was at this show, Chris, because I know I was talking about with you, but the whole theory behind putting the top corner on the second best receiver and then double covering the top corner or the top wide receiver. And why don't more teams do that? Some former player brought that up. Uh, but I, I just don't know that Arizona doesn't think about possibly doing that and saying, all right, well, Godwin's got less experience and less proven history than Evans. So, you know, so I don't know which way to go in this game, but that's why the lineup on FanDuel that I have Winston in, he's naked too. Got a yeah. lot of naked quarterbacks this week. All right. You're just not taking a stand on any of these guys. Hey, eh? like, I guess that's the way to do it though. I guess get the quarterback and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think the, the Godwin thing, I, I kind of, I, I don't care as much about the, the cornerback stuff, but that's a good point that you made there with Patrick Peterson. One thing that I'm kind of paying attention to, like these really expensive wide receivers, I always get a little bit nervous to, pay up for a higher a dot guy so someone like mike evans who's going to be seeing more t- like more throws downfield like yeah there's a lot of value in that but to me there's more value in that at cheaper mid-range wide receivers because if they dud it's not going to bury your entire lineup so if i'm going to pay up i would much rather pay up for a guy like uh like godwin just because of his usage more than anything so I, the mike evans thing always is going to terrify me in, in single entry stuff uh, yeah, and that's, you know, we were talking cash. I would certainly, if I'm going to do a tournament, Chris, I would try to pair Winston up with somebody, obviously. and But, you, you know, it could always be the wrong hit. I, I'm with Joe on that. I'd rather look for the Tate-Edelman volume guys or if I'm going, like you just said, the A dot, the deep plays, all that type of stuff, air yards, which, hey, should pour one out for the website. But you can still get his information. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Josh brings it back around. And I hope that fixes things because that's a great resource for anybody out there that's trying to get better at the game. Uh, I think that if you look at it, I'm with Joe on that. If I'm going to go for that, it's because of the mid guys. Like That's why I think that like Devontae Parker is interesting because he's a mid guy. But we talked about him from a different angle. So for tournament plays, anything different here quarterback-wise? Are we attacking the same quarterbacks? Chris, you better not bring up his name because I've been trying to warn you. He's only got two good games this year. Like And, and last week was a disappointment yet again. Don't say um, it. Don't say it. Okay, I won't say Because if you do, his last name is not Dimes. It's disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not touching him. Uh, I, Drew Brees, can we bring up Drew Brees? Let's bring him up. I mean, that's a good one to bring up because, and I'll let you go with it, Chris. Is 
when we talk about all these other quarterbacks so far, you just said even like Winston, you know, he occasionally will run. Drew Brees isn't going to run. Like Matt yeah. Ryan, not going to run. And both of those are inside the top 10 projected ownership because of the game. Yeah, not not going to run. And we know about the, the home and away splits. I mean, he's only played parts of three games, but I mean, his first one at home, 370. And then his last one against Arizona, 373. Great matchup. This one's a great matchup too. I mean, we got Alvin Kamara coming back this week, catches out of the backfield. Latavius has been strong as well. And you got Michael Thomas there. Jared Cook coming back. You get the deep threat in Ted Ginn. So, I like Drew Brees. Um, there's really not a whole lot to say. and not breaking news here. Drew Brees is a great quarterback, and he's got a great matchup. Oh, time out, Joe. Hold on. I, as I swiftly transitioned to GPP, I forgot to do something. You like that? You down with GPP? Yeah, I am. I can't do the voice. Go, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, I think a guy we didn't mention, and he probably was like right on the borderline of like, can you even fathom this in cash? But I mean, is it Brian Hoyer week? 5,900? He's super, like, he's in a weird salary range because he's not quite as cheap as someone like Ryan Tannehill, but at a position where if you're not paying up for some of these studs we've mentioned, like paying down always makes some sense. I, I think that Indy just, I, I'm, I'm always attracted to Indy's quarterbacks for some reason, just because they have such a strong offensive line. Not that that really matters because Miami is, is not going to pressure a ton in, anyway, but a uh, decent team total there for, for Indy. I mean, uh, they can be beat obviously pretty much anywhere you want through the air. I mean, uh, back a uh, third string, I was going to say backup third string quarterback, I guess for, for Indy to start the year. So I don't know if a lot of people will go there, but in a week where like, we're talking about all these plays, like, roster construction is extremely tight if you guys try to build a lineup yet it, it's oh, not yeah. easy so I, I think i think that it, it might be difficult to get to like like i think i understand that kyler and like all these plays up there uh winston they're expensive so like you're not going to get in these running backs that i'm trying to play so i'm, I'm kind of trying to scavenge for a, a cheaper option at quarterback is there any cheaper ones you guys like yeah i got one you want to go chris first because no, actually I, I wrote up brian hoyer in my seasonal uh dfs wise if i'm going this far down there is one that I like more. Who is Chris? it? Who is it? Uh, I don't know if you want to go. He no. is Brian Hoyer. Projected ownership is between Fitzpatrick and Trubisky right now. He is actually number 10. So there you go. Drop three spots and drop a hundred dollars. Sam Darnold. I'm doing it. Like, like if I'm going down to Brian Hoyer, I'm going to drop another hundred dollars and I'm going to Sam Darnold. He's looked God awful this year. There's no other way to put it. However, Again, I go back to that one play. The what he actually the game wasn't that bad last week from a fantasy perspective, where if he also connects on that one play with Robbie Anderson, I think we're having a different conversation and people are going to be on him more so than Daniel Jones on the flip side of the ball because you know which team has given up the most plays of forty plus yards to wide receivers? The Giants. You know what team has the worst rated cornerback in all the NFL and DeAndre Baker? The Giants. You know what team can't stop the passing game, can't stop the run, can't stop a damn thing on earth? The Giants. This is true, man. I thought I w we couldn't be further away on this one. I, I'm not on uh, the Sam Darnold train this week. I, I think that if he was going to have a, a kind of spot where he was going to rebound, last week was the week where he needed to prove something. 6.2 yards per attempt, nothing on the ground. Uh, 58, maybe he's like 4K, I would consider it, but he's way out of price now for me. Yeah, I don't have a lot of interest in any of these guys. There, there doesn't seem to be somebody jumping off the page like Fitzpatrick did last week. Um 
like I said, I feel like it's going to be a, a lot of Marlon Mack. I, I suppose Hoyer, you want to do a Hoyer, Doyle, or Pascal, or just Hoyer in general. I, I mean, it's that's that's where I would lean between the three. Um, you know, if Evan Ingram was playing, maybe maybe I would go Jones. But I, I get it. Recency bias is completely a thing with Sam Darnold. Mm. There's been so much nonsense with him over the past couple of weeks. But I don't know. I do like Crowder, I guess. But eh. So I will say this. Like you asked me if I'm paying that far down, and this is just basically him versus Hoyer, and I do like Hoyer. I, I just mentioned that. I said whoa, and I sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to do that while you were talking. Oh, but breaking news there. No, well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the lowest projected ownership quarterback at zero percent right now. Obviously, I mean, it's probably like zero point something right. behind Ryan Finley, behind Kyle Allen, behind Baker Mayfield, and a hurt Jacoby Brissett. Not. Matthew Stafford, if you're going to give you Matthew Stafford wow. at 0%, I will stack him with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. I don't think it's going to happen, but if you're going to give me 0%, he's going to end up in one of my lineups as a tournament play, Joe. He's an interesting one for sure. I think that he's someone that I haven't played enough of this year, to be completely honest. He's like, the, everyone's got that guy that they just like feel like they missed out on, and then they're just well, like almost like years. doubling down. Well, sure. doubling down, like, I feel like I'm doubling down a little bit because, like, hopefully just, like, please make the Matthew Stafford thing stop because like, he always <laughs> seems like he's a, a little, bit, little bit too expensive and doesn't run. Uh, it's really hard to you know what on this that is? Play, this is your personality because you like to see people punished when they don't use Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. So 100%. you just like to see people get punished. They deserve it. I mean, I, do you disagree? I, I think that it's been No, but he's got 10 touchdowns in his last three games, Chris. Top five quarterback. <laughs> And people six. are punishing me We've every single week when I don't play. Six. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been pumping Matthew ta- Matthew Stafford's tires for for a while because there's no run game and his secondary is giving up the most passing yards per game in the NFL. So he's just going to continue to draw back and throw the ball. In, in for Ty Johnson, JD McKissick, these guys can't run between the tackles. When they get the ball, it's it's mostly just dump off. So he's got two solid weapons. He's got a, a, a tight end that's kind of trending up. I mean, he had a decent game last week and DJ Hawkinson. And so I, I don't hate it. He wasn't really on my radar because it's the Bears. And, you know, it, it seems like it's a tough matchup. But who have the Bears play? We, we kind of mentioned this last week with Wentz. I mean, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Derek Carr, who, has, by the way, has been pretty good. Teddy Bridgewater, Phillip Rivers, um, you know, and Carson Wentz didn't have a great game. but He started off strong and then they just leaned on the run game against Chicago. I, I don't hate that at zero percent. Yikes. It's, it's just a tournament play, though. I wouldn't do it in cash. Well, of course, but yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole appeal here. All right, so running backs for you, Chris. Are we doing much different from Cash, or was there somebody we didn't mention? I know what I'm saving this name for Joe specifically. You better not take it. Actually, should I just go to Joe first? Yeah, go to Joe. I might take it. Joe, you haven't brought up Alvin Kamara. There it is. I was just going to say, that's the only guy that's on the list that we haven't talked about yet, but 8,200. I mean, talking about guys that like weren't rushed back, like I, I think that he's a guy that is should be ready to go after their buy, right? So I mean, massive total there. It is Atlanta. Like, how many times have we just like seen Alvin Kamara just completely like destroy this Atlanta defense? So yeah, I mean, they're at home. Like, is there? I mean, if we didn't have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon at the top and and whatnot, like, and and there was a ton of sa- all the salary in the world, you just play all three of these guys, like, but it's. You're going to have to probably make a decision, uh, but 8,200 for Kamara, I think he's going to be extremely chalky. Well, yeah, what's his ownership? I don't know. I don't. He should be chalky, but I'm. I wonder what people feel about Kamara and, and Latavius balling out, and the fact that they're double-digit um, point favorites at home. We, we could get a lot of Latavius in the fourth. 
and he only has two touchdowns on the year. So I just wonder if people are willing to spend 82. I, I am. I'm well, willing on, to. You've won both the bets on where do you think they are so far? I mean, granted by playing like maybe like prices, right rules, but so do you want to guess first where he is, Chris? You've been, you've been hitting these. Joe? Uh, he's got, I mean, now, now you guys have me nervous. I thought he was going to be chalky. Now I guess think he's even a better GPP play. Uh, I'll say he's 10th. Oh, no, you should have, you should have done the prices right. You should have like one undercut him because he's fifth. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Interesting. One dollar. <laughs> <So laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, so does that change your opinion at all, Joe, that he's fifth? No, not a, not a ton. I, I still think that like if people are worried about Latavius thing, like I guess I understand that. But like at the same time, like how many times did, did he just like ball out with Ingram on the team last year? I get that it right. like Ingram had probably one of the worst uh, single seasons we could have projected behind that elite offensive line. But yeah, I, I'm not super worried about it. I think that again, like quality of touches, like he's someone that they're going to make sure they get the ball and, and the touchdown thing. Like that for sure is something that's going to, he's going to progress at some point. Uh, I think that it could be like a, a massive Kamara games coming. We haven't had him. I feel like in so long that people are forgetting that it gets, this guy can break the slate like pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, oh I agree. Easily. Yeah. Easily. And quality of touches. If you're going to tell me him versus Al- Saquon Barkley at a more expensive price, I'm taking Kamara. Yeah, for sure. 100%. No, I agree. I was just bringing up all those points. Like he only needs 10 touches in this game to, to rack up a hundred yards and score twice. And Joe's absolutely right. I mean, he has just destroyed the Falcons over the past couple years no all right so wide receivers uh what are we back to joe here i don't know somebody go first yeah so there's i don't know there's there's a couple guys i think at the the wide receiver position you can make arguments for i mean a good chunk of some of the guys we've talked about for cash games for for tournaments as well um i'm I'm kind of interested yeah i think the one guy we haven't touched on that makes a lot of sense uh sammy watkins again someone that i haven't played much of over the years but his price seems like it's at a spot now if we could kind of uh, get I guess early on the KC offense with Mahomes back. I see. I feel like a lot of these guys they haven't been priced back to where they should be with Mahomes back behind center. So uh, I'm interested in Watkins. His target share is, is still pretty decent, and, and depending on his ownership, I think he could end up being uh, a really nice play at that price point. All right, you got to hit one of these, Joe. What do you think his projected ownership is? Come on. Oh God. I'm like so like screwed up with ownership now because last week I thought that the the Seahawks were going to be super chalky and then they weren't. So now I'm just like right. totally. Who do you think has a higher this. projected ownership of Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, and Albert Wilson? It's got to be Sammy Watkins, right? It better be. Chris. It better be Sammy. Um, I'll go with Woods. Well, I guess you're both wrong. All three are tied. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's the point he's down there and this is behind so i'll give you guys in front of him now behind marvin jones behind a banged up and not knowing what's going on with aj green behind larry fitzgerald behind chester rogers behind your boy marquise brown so that was why my initial response because i just happened to do a control f and do it quickly when you said his name i I went ugh because i can't believe i'm i'm in on it I, i i hate being in on sammy Watkins. He's going to have to get rid of the naked <laughs> Mahomes. I mean, the last two games with, with Matt Moore, 18 targets and 12 catches. He just seems to be healthy again. And we know his upside. Look at week one, right? Almost 200 yards in, the, in that one game. So I'm interested in him as well. I think it's a good call. Where's Ted Ginn Jr. on that list? Control F him. He's probably like 200. I, you know what? I don't want Ginn with Traquan back. Eh. Especially because Ted Ginn is 
looks around 20. He's right by Calvin Ridley and Allen Robinson. Yikes, and for that high. ownership, I'd actually just, I'd rather go to Traquan. Yeah. I was just looking for some because I want to fit in CMC and Barkley and Kamara kind of wherever I can. So I was just looking at, at some cheap guys in, into that range. I mean, he's $3,700, played two games with Breeze. And I know Smith hasn't been around for them, but 10 targets, 143 yards, nine grabs. You know, he's a boomer bust guy. He's going to take one shot down the field for sure with Ginn against the Falcons. So let me throw two names at you guys then. One is super cheap and one is super expensive and one is super talented and one is question mark because we haven't seen a ton from him. So the super expensive one is any interest into squeaky wheel losing his mind on the sideline, but at least doing it by himself, Joe and Odell Beckham against Tredavious White and the Bills. His price has gotten to a point where like we talked about this, I think like three or four weeks ago, where it's like uh, at some point, maybe he just has to be in play just because of his target share and his, his salary. Cheap as he's ever been. He was like one of the guys that like, he's still like last week, like looking through some of the guy like Keenan Allen, like those type of guys that I thought would be a little bit lower owned that ended up not being low owned. like Odell Beckham still like no one wants to play this guy. Um, so from a tournament perspective, like he seems like he's, um, maybe he's not right as far as like his health, which is a little bit of concern, obviously that the tough matchup against, uh, Tredavious white and like, it, you won't look at anything really from a, a data perspective that's going to make you want to click Odell Beckham. But I think if you're playing large field stuff, having at least a couple shares would make some sense. Yeah. I, I think maybe next week with another, I'm expecting another dud performance and be even cheaper and what will be a better matchup. Maybe everyone will be on him at that point, you know, maybe, you know, backpedaling here a little bit. Maybe now is the time to get on him where, where nobody is. And I think that's why you're seeing Jarvis Landry projected. What was he? 10th. I think that's exactly why, because Odell's likely going to get shut down. He's been shut down by top corners all year long. And I don't even think it's on him. There were a couple of plays last week where he was wide open. And again, just Baker just does not have that time. And for whatever reason, Baker is not after that first read and he doesn't have it. It's well, done. So it's game over for him. So I'm going to tease the show and this isn't like trying again, not trying to pit my, this is legitimately, if you just only listen to one segment of the to be on a show with, with D'Angelo Williams and myself, go listen when we were talking about Odell Beckham, because he brought this up. I'll give you a quick version. He said, it goes down to practice. And the problem is at practice. He said that you did the same thing with Steve Smith when he was on the team with the Panthers. They did the same thing with Antonio Brown. And what they do in practice is they say, let's run blah, 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 play X, blah, whatever. And then they said in this situation, it's third and whatever. He's likely double covered. And so what happens is when you have Cam Newton, though, and you have Ben Roethlisberger, that doesn't carry over to game day because they're experienced enough. When you have somebody inexperienced like Baker Mayfield, he's almost kind of tuning out Odell Beckham from practice inherently. And the problem is, is they need to fix his mind and get him back looking at Odell Beckham. And if you watch some of the games, that's the thing. He's not even looking at Odell Beckham. So super insightful in the long form version. Go listen to it. So the other name, Chris is somebody that's down in the $3,000 range. And when he came in, hint, hint, for the game, now this is target percentages and the times you're, you're, the times you're targeted while snaps on the field. He did have a high snap percentage as well because they run a lot of three wide. But Josh Reynolds had 14.5 target percentage when Brandon Cooks came out of that game. Now, is that necessarily going to carry over with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup into every single game and Gerald Everett? But you brought up the concern with Gerald Everett before, Joe, are you in on Josh Reynolds? Because I am for that price. Yeah, I think it's a good price. I, I think, I again, like I always want to try and be transparent with my biases. And Josh Reynolds during the playoffs last year, I'm a big playoff DFS player in general, and he just completely buried me in that game where he was like super <laughs> chalky. Grudge. Um, Grudge pick. Kind of, 
Yeah, he's he's on my list of like guys that I just like try and x out mentally. Uh, but yeah, the price is really good, really solid for sure. Um, with not a lot kind of down in that range. And I will be completely honest, I was trying to fit in um, uh, my last wide receiver for my FanDuel team. And he was one of the guys that if I had $100 more, I could have made work and I probably would have done it. So for what it's worth. Yeah, I was I was looking at him too. Um, It makes a lot of sense. He's the deep threat guy. And you got to figure Pittsburgh is going to have a lot. They're going to have a lot of attention on, on Cooper Cup. And they got some some pretty good players in their secondary. So you know, it makes sense. I, I don't mind it either, Jake. I like it a little bit more on DK. Okay. Tight ends. Anybody we didn't name from before? Chris Herndon, if he actually plays. No. Advanced refrigeration, as Pat Mayo would say. Yeah. I mean, Herndon, I mean, well, Herndon was active last week, but he put the big zero. So, I mean, I'm not, well, not going to go. Well, because I don't even think he stepped on the field. Yeah. I think he was so, active. Like how, just, yeah, I know. But Well, I think that was, I think. Well, I kind of think it was like one of those running back situations where he was was kind of like David Johnson, the one week against the Giants. I think it was kind of like active if necessary type of situation. So if active and fine and practice on a Friday, you don't get. All right. Well, then how about hear this, Chris? Everybody wants to do it. The Tyler Eifert trap from earlier this season against the Cardinals. It's now OJ Howard's back, (laughs) but OJ Howard hasn't been used. Are you going to fall? Are you going to put yourself in the trap of the OJ Howard camera break situation, Chris? No. Um, You know how Joe feels about. Reynolds is how I feel about OJ Howard. He's just ticked me off too much to to even bother with him. He's been in decent spots before, and I'm not going there. Cameron Bray looks like he's going to be healthy and active in this game as well. So not for me. I mean, Gusecki is a little bit cheaper. Jonu Smith doesn't look like Delaney Walker. I mean, you got to figure Casey's going to put up 30 points against Tennessee, right? I mean, somebody's got to catch the ball there. If it isn't just... Yeah, if it isn't just the run game, they're going to have to throw, and I don't think it's going to be Deion Lewis. I mean, one of these guys is going to have to catch the ball, whether it's Johnny Smith or A.J. Brown. There, there's one more guy, and this is going to be my – since I can't talk about Noah Fant, uh, by the way. Uh, uh, Noah Fant, if you, if you missed it, make sure you uh, go ahead and check out his tackle-breaking ability. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say Noah Fant's good. Maybe Cleveland's not that bad at tackling, but uh, that's my opinion. That's one man's opinion. Um, but anyways, uh, kind of, I'm always trying to think of these plays based on where the chalk's going to be too. So Mike Gusecki is 3,100. Is there a price pivot around that range? Someone that's still running routes, someone that has a decent matchup. You guys are going to have to explain this one to me because he looks pretty good uh, on my sheet. Things that I value, uh, Trey Burden at 2,800. Hurt. Is he even in play? Uh, is he hurt? Okay, good. Cause that was, that was the guy that I would have probably forced myself to play, but if he's hurt, I don't <laughs> well, even know. Matt Nagy it. came out this past week and said he's still not a hundred percent since his off season surgery. So there you go. Perfect. Save yourself. If, if, you, if you uh, haven't seen him play, you haven't been watching the games. He looks like Jason Witten running rounds. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. He threw it. So if he you watch Jason Witten against the Giants, I would call running. I put that in heavy quotes. <laughs> he threw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl and then the Bears paid him <laughs> like suckers. Yeah. That's a, I thought before you said the price point, I thought you're going to bring in the worst guy in the history of the world at tight end because everybody's off of him. So that means he's going to smash this week in Jared Cook. Jared Cook. That's what he does. Nobody wants him. And now he's going to smash. And Jared Cook won me a lot of money when he played for the Packers that year in playoffs. Remember oh, that, Jake? Yeah. That was the week you told me to play uh, Terrence Williams, I think, as like a punt wide receiver and it, like ended up uh, taking down the 1500 in playoffs. you yeah. got to remember this. But the yes. Cook was on my team. So I'm, I'm a Cook I'm guy. I'm still waiting but, for uh, my yeah, share I, of that money. <laughs> it's uh, It was spent about three hours after I after Immediately I, uh, after on a Jared basically. Cook jersey. Uh, yeah, have to do it. All right. Well, let's uh, we'll combine these last two. And maybe I'll just play the drops back to back, but let's talk about our lineups. And I'm assuming that might have some stacks. You don't care about in defense. The of them. Oh yeah, uh, thank you. I always, I always forget about defense. Over I don't know defense. why. Yeah. I know 
Who you got, Chris? You brought him up. <laughs> um, well, the Ravens just seem too expensive to get in there. But, I mean, if you can find a way, like their defense is starting to take take shape. It really is. Getting some guys back healthy. You saw what they did last week against against Brady. I don't, again, this isn't breaking news, but before Andy Dalton was benched, nobody had been sacked more than him, and now they're throwing Ryan Finley into the fire. And so that's a rough spot. But I, I'm looking at this Buffalo and Cleveland game too. I mean, both quarterbacks turn the ball over a ton. And we mentioned Baker doesn't have a game with two passing touchdowns. He has more. He leads the league in picks. On the other side, uh, the same thing with Josh Allen picks and fumbles. So I, I like both of their defenses as well. And the bills are pretty cheap at 2,900. Yeah. I'm on that game for, for defense for sure. I think that that Cleveland's super interesting at that price point. Um, another thing that I, I like to do quite a bit, and I think this Arizona and Tampa Bay game is going to draw a ton of ownership. There's definitely going to be a lot of passing. Uh, Arizona is only 2,200. They're a team that if we're just looking at pressure rate, shout out sports info solutions, giving me a bunch of awesome pressure rate data throughout the week. Uh, they're one of the top teams in, in regards to that. Jameis is someone that I would love to target um, just because of his interceptions and he'll take sacks as well. So I think that the the defense for the Cardinals at 2200 in particular stands out. Um, I get that they're on the road, they're an underdog, but I mean, in a week where we're really starving for salary, I think they make a lot I of sense. I love that too. call too. I got one for you guys. Double digit points in six straight games, double digit turnovers by the quarterback, by the quarterback who does not know how to read a defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers against Jared Goff. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. I knew you're going. Oh, of there. course. No, yeah, it makes Why sense. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Es- especially with the fact that I can't believe they're not even inside the top ten. They're one. Two, they're way down on projected ownership. What? Come on, people, get on Pittsburgh Steelers. Jared Goff, easy pick right there. All right, uh, are we good, Chris? Can I go now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I forgot. I'm not. So. All right, so let's let's com- let's combo this DFS Battle Royale. Hold on, voice guy. Stack attack. Which might not even be relevant if you didn't stack because I'm going naked at quarterback. So I guess do either of you guys have a stack in your lineup? And uh, Chris, you go first. Joe went first last week. Uh, yeah, I do have a stack in my lineup. So it starts with Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. I got CMC in there as well. Jameson Crowder, Golden Tate, Christian Kirk, Mike Gusecki, Ted Ginn Jr. and the Browns defense. Hmm, I like it, Joe. Nice. Uh, we definitely have a little bit of overlap, uh, but I went uh, shocker all the way up at running back Kamara, Saquon, and my boy Christian McCaffrey, wow. all three. So what I was able to build around that, uh, Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk. So that's going to be my main stack. I think that it's a, an amazing spot against Tampa Bay. I, th- I think people are a little bit nervous with what happened with Christian Kirk against San Francisco, but I'm willing to kind of throw the San Francisco game out a little bit um had to kind of uh, get my Car- marquise brown uh play back in since i haven't been able to play him in a couple of weeks he's only 58 or 5300 on FanDuel, so i really like that spot uh mike gusecki at tight end uh, mentioned uh at defense kansas city i think is really interesting at 3700 a team that pressures a ton as well uh, maybe just uh targeting Tannehill just always seems to make sense to me because because he doesn't handle that pressure very well so that left me in a really tough spot for my last wide receiver like I said uh Deontay Johnson at 4700 um it's probably a little bit of a dart throw but he is someone that saw uh, a red zone target last week uh didn't play a ton of snaps but he's kind of been a volatile player um for this team even um with kind of the the, the injury issues they've had in general but I think that he's fine at 4700 um you'll get him at one percent and I always want to have at least one guy that that's super long so that's what I'm gonna go with this week all right well uh I, I do like that one too I, I like how you got all three of them in there yeah it's awesome. my lineup 
it's all over the place. And that goes out to the one single person listening to the podcast that probably knew that was from the Five Elements movie that his guts are all over the place. So nobody knows what I'm talking about. I appreciate that one guy. I hope you tweet me because I know there's one person out there that knows what I'm talking about. So my lineup all over the place. Jameis Winston, naked. Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, Golden Tate, Jack Doyle, Aaron Jones, and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I told you, it's all over the map. I'm just having some alphabet fun. Alphabet soup. I haven't had a lot of sleep this Basically. week. <laughs> I used to call those those lineups alphabet soup just because there's no correlation whatsoever. It's just kind of just thrown up the wall. Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, all good plays. Uh, all that's good plays. What I, I just kind of went with like the fun plays. Obviously, the Le'Veon Bell one might switch up and change anything any parting words joe for advice for everybody any lineups or i should say games out there that you have noticed that people might want to look for um yeah i I think in general uh just the only thing kind of left for me is just everyone check out the youtube there's going to be a bunch of uh stuff throughout the week on that but obviously this is where the the video form of this goes on so if you want to kind of uh see uh jake uh do some interesting things throughout the show uh definitely check it out on youtube what was the second part of what you said (laughs) i was gonna say any uh, games script or not game script uh, game availability you've noticed that out there for anybody yeah, so I think that, I mean, I'm still trying to really play smaller field sizes in general. So I think that one thing that I told a couple people in my Discord about this that a lot of people don't realize is on DraftKings in particular, you can sort by field size and just targeting some of these tournaments that are 100 people or fewer, it's not going to be under the featured game. So if you go and take the time to sort that out, you can get a lot of really great action in general for a lot of uh, newer players, but also you just don't have to put up a monster score. If you're trying to build your bankroll, that's my preference over cash games personally. And I'm all yeah, about that. You, yeah, I'm all about that, building the bankroll and playing those smaller fields. I mean, we mentioned this before, but the Pat Mayo, front of the show, we all do some stuff with him as well. And he has a contest every single week, rake free, where the winner gets 5K. And I'm in it. Yeah, and you put in three entries a minute every single week. And even if you feel like you just have a mediocre day, you just have a pretty good shot of cashing there. So, I mean, I think it's $15 to get in. You can put in three entries. So that's great. And I guess on the way out, I don't know if you, if Joe, you have any advice because we, I did did get a question actually this morning of somebody, you know, I guess we'll give him a shout out. The blind eye says, you know, he loves the DFS show. Uh, It's been, he's been winning some money, you know, all year listening to some advice, but he, he likes to play showdown. And he says, you know, we don't talk a lot about showdowns. And he was just wondering the strategy behind who should his MVP be. And he said, he's had some success just rocking at defense as his MVP but he doesn't know if that is a decent strategy any advice there for him joe uh showdown's an interesting format the the captains um in terms of ownership it's almost always the quarterbacks Um, but i think that like the best route to go if you're playing mme is definitely just to lock in one captain and give yourself kind of the opportunity to have different combinations right because that's how you're actually going to get to the top um, so I think taking a stand is really important, but I, I never really had a lot of success with like having my captain be on the value side of things. So um, I, I've kind of been warming up to maybe playing a, like an elite wide receiver as my my captain, um, just because it's so much more different than um, just everyone that's playing quarterback at their captain. So I think if you're playing single entry stuff, maybe smaller field stuff, quarterback on most slates makes a lot of sense. The defense really only comes into play in some of these like really gross Thursday night football games. So, um, I mean, again, uh, I'm not a showdown expert by any means, but that's what I've kind of noticed so far. But he is an expert in general. So hopefully following Joe at Joel Holka, following Chris at Chris Meany. I'm at All In Kid. Podcast is the code to get 10% off the DFS pass. Wish you well. Good luck in week 10. Hopefully you have some winnings to share with us next week. 
We appreciate you guys. Go Foot Clan. Go Foot Rock. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.